now. So, hey guys, thank you so much uh, for joining this week. This is our agency growth podcast. Still figuring out a good name for it. Um, we're doing these weekly 30 minute agency, what is supposed to be a Q&A, but right now it's just a conversation. So we get some people to show up. So uh, thank you, Jordan, Andrew, we got both you guys. Please uh, go ahead and introduce yourself for anybody watching the video. I'll go yeah, first. It off. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? My name is Andrew Nazarian. I'm an agency owner, uh, a sales manager, and software founder. That's it. That's my bit. Awesome. <laughs> okay, great. And uh, my, my, my name is Jordan Ross. I run the Founders Factory, which is actually going to be changing its name soon. Uh, we help agencies scale by focusing on the back end contrary to what Lucas and Andrew focus on. So we are systems, processes, management, and culture. Love it. Love it. I'm going to turn this fan off so it doesn't have this breeze in the background. I'm going to disappear for one sec. Awesome. So, I, I, I mean, I have an immediate question. Culture is becoming more and more of a, like, a hot topic lately, at least in my life. Uh, can we start this off by giving us some hot takes on why company culture is extremely important, especially in the agency space? Yes. So thank you for kicking that off. So I think, one, culture is a buzzword. Everyone talks about it. I think few people actually have a good definition of what culture is. So my definition of what culture is, culture is what your people say and do when leadership is not around. Mm -hmm. That's culture. It is essentially boiled down how effective or how are we doing in terms of performance in our agency? That's jazz, baby. So that's jazz. So I think it, I think it's extremely important in every every industry. I think it's especially important in, in agencies that have both creative like parts of their business, but also just normal agency work that's non-creative. Because now you're having two types of cultures, one's creative, one's execution under one umbrella. Um, a lot of people just think it's a buzzword where it's like, oh, we're going to go out for fucking drinks or, oh, we're going to have a happy hour or like, oh, our people love us. That's not culture. That's environment and connection, which is part of it. But how do you scientifically structure an environment and structure and train people on how to communicate to turn people into high performers? So that's what it oh, is yeah. for context. Um, I, I could go deeper, but I'll stop there. Well, I actually kind of want you to go deeper. I, I'm curious um, how this, so for anyone watching this for the first time, which is everyone, because this is the first time recording it, um, what was it like, what was the culture like with Amazon um, in terms of how do they structure? Because I know you, if you want to give the audience a bit of an overview, like you worked with Amazon, uh, led a big team there. Like how did they think about culture? Yeah, so Amazon... It's it, 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 Amazon's unique because Amazonian culture is not for everyone. You have to really like operations when the majority of people actually don't. A lot of people go to Amazon who are like me. I'm going there to study and to further my career. So for everyone listening who doesn't know me, I worked for Amazon with the only intention to learn how to be an entrepreneur. In my time in the company, I managed over 2,500 employees. And at the age of 23, I was managing an org of 800 people um, and a $50 million P&L. I grew that between the ages of 23 and 24, I grew that P&L from 50 to 60 million, cut costs by 2 million, got my stock, and fucking quit, um, where I started my own shit. 
Um, Damn, true or false? But, if you rub Jeff Bezos' head, do, do you get luck, or is what's? You more turn into a, a stick of gold. More important <laughs> question: How Shit. close physically can you get to the man? Yeah, I'm curious, actually. No idea. I I was <laughs> once in the same building as Dave Clark, who I think is CEO of Worldwide Operations, which is guess I guess that's the closest mm. thing that I would ever get to for Jeff. But dude, how big uh, are his biceps? I've seen a picture of his biceps, and he looks like he's gained some mass recently. So I got some interesting Jeff Bezos stories, but I don't know if that if they're so relevant. <laughs> if they're for this, so relevant, this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save that for after hours. Hey, Chris, how are you uh, doing, Chris Williamson? Um, thanks for hopping on, man. What's going on? So we got this uh, recording um, Q and A for not only us, but we are making this into a podcast and a YouTube channel. So, Chris, um, thanks for joining us. Do you have? Any questions about how to scale your agency? You got a you, you got a software agency, right? So, no, no. yeah. So okay, there you go. Yeah, we have a software agency. Oh no, I don't have any questions. No questions. All right. Well, we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about in in any regard. So, um, we were just on the topic about uh, culture, and um, Jordan was riffing on that. Let me just do a brief intro. Chris Williams is literally the brains and the foundation of our software platform that I discussed previously. Yep. Chris, yep. I saw it today. It looks beautiful. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to actually fully release a new update. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, um, I guess topics of uh, conversation for anyone listening. Uh, I know a lot of agencies are... One really key problem I've noticed uh, when talking to agencies is scaling themselves out if they're the main person closing. That's like a common thing. Um, I guess we can all oh, talk yeah. about that because we've either all accomplished scaling ourselves out or we're all effectively delegating ourselves out right now. But what are some tips and tricks that can enable anyone listening to this call to scale themselves out faster so they can make more money from wherever and not have to work as much if they, if they want? Say no. To, to what? To just anything? Say no. Everything. Everything possibly that you can say no. Start trying to say no to as much as humanly possible. Whatever you can remove yourself from, start doing immediately. If you're absolutely necessary uh, in executing on a task, keep yourself in that task. But a really, really important thing for me to scale is saying no. Because, I mean, I started my agency like everyone else did from the ground up, right? So I'm so used to being uh, hands-on in every single thing I do. And as I've scaled, I've continued to do all those tasks at a larger level. Obviously, that's not sustainable. So I'm really learning how to say no. I mean, no. that's a big thing. I get it. What do you think, Jordan? I have more of a formulaic formulaic approach. So to give a little bit deeper context, that's essentially why people come to me, right? I don't want to have to be required in my business. I don't want to be a bottleneck in my business. How can I do that? Um, and obviously it's a longer winded answer, but I think structurally it comes down to a few things. I think the first and foremost is you need to have every part of your business operationalized and like documented. So mm -hmm. Lucas, I know you know your numbers. I know you know your systems. 
Um, a lot of agency owners don't have a defined system and process for every segment of their business. How do I onboard a client? How do I onboard talent? How do I hire? How do I do fulfillment? How, and right, so you need to start with documentation. The next is really plugging into a system. Um, and a system could really just be a standard operating procedure or it could be a software. And yeah. once you are at capacity and need to hire, it's figuring out what's the highest leveraged position that will give you the most time back that could, someone could effectively do that, or they get plugged into that SOP that you created and they start executing it. They get trained on it through the SOP and then you start to audit them. Once you yeah. audit that person, if they learn that job and you get really good, you're spending a lot of time with them up front for 30 days, 90 days, they eventually will remove you from that equation where you're just there to audit and check in rather than manage and coach. You know, yes. and I think you do, you repeat that process over and over and that's how you get out of your agency. You know, I feel like SOPs are something that, you know, everyone needs, but there is a specific way that I had found that you actually touched you touched on as well in a recent post. And it's something that I have been doing for a long time and I kind of just like stumbled upon it. And then I realized the strength of it a lot later and anyone listening or watching this, like just start doing it because it's an investment that will pay off in droves down the road, which is just record every fucking thing you possibly can. Right? So like record all the things that you do on a regular basis record it and like oh, yeah. create a doc you could create videos because let's say you're looking to sell your agency down the road right not everyone is and if you're not that's fine but even if you're not you still need it um if you are let's think about hypothetically scaling uh, scaling to sell if everything's documented then the new operator who comes in is just going to jump in the driver's seat watch everything and be like wow this is incredibly easy like they've created a structure that no matter who's doing it they can operate the business, right? And that collection of videos is so important. I mean, so important. I mean, I have like easily 100 videos at least uh, of just different processes over the last year and a half, so. Yeah, and to add to that, so that was actually my post yesterday in agency school. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest hack, and I hear this all the time, Jordan, I don't have time to make SOPs, bullshit. Pull up Loom, click fucking record, and talk. As you're doing the task, just talk your way through it. And that's a training document. But oh, then yeah. the, hack, the hack here is sending that document to someone in the Philippines or someone in Pakistan, where all they do is they turn your words, they annotate it, and they turn it into copy, and they start taking screenshots with arrows where it's, they, they turn that video into a, a how-to SOP that has your steps so now someone could go into that video if they don't remember how to do the task, they could watch the video or they could just scroll down and figure out what to do via the step that they're up to. Yeah. And I think so a lot of the, the processes around training that I talk to with my agencies, your SOPs are actually your first MVP model of a training system. 100%. 100%. I, I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, one thing that I've seen as a trend and something that I'm I mean, obviously very motivated by as I've seen with my work with Spark Builder um, is the idea of agencies becoming more like e-commerce brands and software brands. So again, I'll go back to like the multiple on agencies. Again, not everyone's looking to scale to sell, but you should at least, you should, you should assume you're going to sell anyways because your agency is going to be way more valuable anyways. And you're going to make way more profitable. So you might as well just like, 
imagine you're going to sell your company one day. It's better anyways, in the long run to think about it that way. But let's assume you want to become more what's called productized, right? This is the best way to do it. Like breaking things down into simple processes will make you more like a software company, honestly, in a lot of ways. Um, human automation can be achieved through SOPs. And sometimes the, the big thing that I've noticed is like as a software developer myself, um, automation through software is only one type of automation. Uh, human automation is getting people to just repeat tasks. And obviously, you know, you want people to have a high quality of life. So I usually don't make people do this full time. But anything that's like repetitive, just get a, a, a person to fractionally do that piece of their job. Let's say it's like sending out emails. Let's say it's making a video, whatever it is. If it's really repetitive, people can only do it to a certain point for a certain amount of time or else they get cra go crazy. But just schedule a little bit of their time and have them do repetitive tasks because that's very similar to a software product. That's what's allowed us to scale so fast is basically treating our company as a software company. Um, huge, yeah. huge, 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 huge. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think the biggest pitfall of the agency model is so many agencies. I get the most common company I get called into right now and in, in end of June, 2021 is the full service digital agency that fucking sucks at fulfillment <laughs> or they're not consistent because they've built, they've gone too wide without going too deep. So a great resource I usually share with people is Built to Sell, where the guy actually has an agency. They do um, logo design the book. It's a fictional book based on like non-fictional concepts. Um, and one of the things I talked to with these agencies, I had a conversation with a full service agency based in England yesterday. And he was like, if I hire you, what are we gonna, like, what's the process? I'm like, well, we're gonna stop being a full service agency like the second we start working with each other because this is not gonna work. We're gonna niche down to probably your core two to three processes that we can get really freaking good at and build the team. So this is a small, this guy was smaller. We're gonna build a team that could do these two or three yeah. core functions. So I think for him was web dev and SEO. And I think maybe EPC were the core three we talked to. I would try to get him to just web dev and SEO. And when we can systematize that, when we can do it over and over and you can build a team around that, now we can add on the next thing because the system's running without you. Yeah. And now you could add the next thing where you, and that's where a lot of these, I, I had a prospect last month, um, huge, huge, big agency. They're doing 3 million annually here in LA. And because they went so wide, they lost their three biggest accounts in the same month. Like bad cool. things happen in threes, right? Yeah. Because their operations fucking sucked because there was no systems. It was just throwing people at problems without actually throwing systems at problems and people yep. to run the systems. 100%, 100%. I mean, we we scaled to our first uh, million dollars in revenue uh, from being an SEO company. I, I remember the day, uh, you know, cause here's, <laughs> that's kind of a funny story. So I remember we were doing everything up until like the first $10,000 a month. Uh, we were doing all types of services and we were just getting overwhelmed with everything. And I just, I started to notice that uh, Christian, uh, my business partner was really good at SEO, like just really good at it. And I was thinking like, damn, why are we doing anything else? Like that is the, that is the best thing we can offer people. Let's just offer SEO, right? Let's just do that. And truthfully at the time, this is a while ago now, 
couple of years. I actually didn't really know that much about SEO. Um, but, but Christian knew a lot. So I was like, okay, tell me everything you know about SEO. Like, just, just tell me it and I'll start selling it. And he's, and he gave me the brain dump and I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? What does it mean to like rank on channels, et cetera, et cetera. And literally the moment we started doing that, we grew from $10,000 a month to $80,000 a month in a span of four months, five months. Um, because we niched down, it was incredibly fast growth and niching down is the best. Yeah. And I would say, so it's, yes, it is niching down. And then what I've noticed is that it's almost like, it's, it's like a wave, you know, you, you niche down. And then when you think you can get more opportunity, like, so what I've noticed is this niche down and then kind of open up a little bit, either by offering more products within your niche or offering different prices within your niche, like different SEO offerings, let's say you want to stay in just SEO because you want to make it easier for your sales team to close the deals. Cause if they're too like specific, maybe sometimes they don't know how to sell the very specific kind. You want to give them some leverage for like maybe closers who may not be as talented or as good at the beginning to close those deals. And it's more scalable as an infrastructure, give it a little bit more breath once you hit that million dollar mark. And then from there, then to get to like, cause we're at like 2.5 million right now. I think what's going to take us to 10 is kind of niching back down, but almost in a different way. Cause instead of just saying, okay, here's this replicatable process that we want to niche down on. Cause a lot of companies do SEO. If you niche down on a replicatable process, any company can get to a million dollars in revenue. But I think to get to 10 million plus, you have to almost create a like a new thing. It's gotta be like new or you have to be better than anyone else on the freaking planet at it to get past $10 million. And that's what we're trying to focus on right now. Yeah. So here's my two cents with that. Cause I, I actually disagree with what you're saying. Oh, um, I agree. And I disagree. <laughs> there we go. I, I think there, are, I think there are two prongs to this. So I think to your point, if you're just going to get to 10, if you're going to get to 10 million where it's, and we were talking about today over coffee, Blue Ocean, uh, not even though I, I, I'm not coffee, um, Blue Ocean strategy, I think you could get to 10 plus um, when you're very unique. But I actually, the disagreeing part there, the only way to get, you could get to 10 million with SEO, but it, that's where culture comes in. Yeah. The difference between a $1 million business, you have to get to get to 1 million, you need really good systems and process. You have to get, have solid systems and processes 100%. and some management to get to 10 million. You need to have the systems and processes, the management and the culture. So people is the equation. And that's why so many people don't get to 10 because they don't know how to scale through people. Yeah. And look, you could scale to build a SEO agency at 10 million. It's been done many times. Yeah. But the big thing is, People don't know how to run culture and operations and, and process management. So 100%. that's my two cents. 100%. There's a great book for anyone listening uh, called No Rules Rules. Uh, it's a really good book. Uh, it talks about how to retain top talent, how to get top talent. One thing they talk about to be my, my nugget of wisdom from that book is uh, you want to get people who continuously impress you. Um, that's why I'm trying to break ties with Andrew because that motherfucker does not impress me <laughs> whatsoever, dude. That guy is so vanilla. <laughs> yeah, so, no, absolutely. yeah. Uh, oh I shit, he's back. He's back. Damn, I didn't know. I didn't know he was gonna help again. I can't quit you. You're too good. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> damn. 
Well, I think, um, you know, uh, I, we, we can come up with some ending topics here. I guess we can, uh, hey, we can live, we can live brainstorm. How, how should we sign off on these things? You know, what's, what's a good take home? Maybe we can do, a, I, I listen to this podcast called the, uh, the weekend, um, the weekend long read suggestions. Uh, it's, it's from a podcast called Tech Meme Ride Home. And they always give some things to read or like consume over the weekend. It is a Friday. So, you know, what should we tell people to watch or listen to or I like consume? You, I think you, you already covered that. Maybe you check out No Rules Rules. Good book. Yeah, good book. Any other thoughts? Any other tidbits? Um, I got one. The, the, the founder. So mm. a lo- I didn't share it when we were wa- when we were talking, but a lot of agencies forget the simplicity behind scaling. And I think what Ray Kroc, like McDonald's had like a few, few things on their menu, which got them to one of the biggest businesses in the world. And there's a lot, a lot of truth in that. Right. So I would say watch the founder to wrap your head around like the simplicity of business. It really is simple. I tell people business is simple. People are fucking complicated and fuck it all up. <laughs> Can't, cannot agree with that more, man. Cannot agree with that more. And the biggest contribute to that, to that fuckery is uh, usually yourself. <laughs> to be honest, I've, yeah. I've botched up so many yeah. of my own plans. I swear to God, oh man. So definitely read that book. I'm going to, I'm going to consume that. Um, well, thank you guys all for joining us on this uh, weekly Q&A. We're going to be doing this uh, every week. Uh, and, you know, feel free to like and subscribe our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on this journey. Uh, we're all growing, all scaling our businesses. Um, so thank you. Any any closing, closing remarks, you guys? Anything you want to leave the, the audience with? Don't quit before you hit gold. Mm. That's right. That's jazz, baby. That's jazz. That's jazz. There's our there's our tagline. Dude, that should be our software tagline. That's jazz, baby. Just confuse. You gotta confuse the user. That's a it just people don't understand. Yeah. The more confusion the better. It actually it creates more intrigue and they they, they stay for longer as a customer, so um, yeah, a confused buyer always buys. That's what they yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, a crazy new market trends report. Confuse the shit out of your customers, and they will buy in droves. That sounds fun. Isn't that? Isn't that what we worked at? That is what we worked at. That is what we worked at. <laughs> that's uh, a great. That's a great. That's a great documentary on Hulu to watch. You should watch. Yeah. Talk about culture. Watch what not to do. That's, yeah. that's a great, that's a great documentary. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. Oh yeah. my, yo, you got to watch it this weekend. Guys Dude. from Israel. Um, flying by the seat of his yeah. pants. That guy was flying by the seat of his idiot. pants. That was. Number one, number one biggest idiot of maybe of all time. But yeah. So, yeah. He that's really, I mean, he really had the opportunity. You know, he had the opportunity in his hands. You know, he could have, he could have taken that role with it, you know, but. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Well, well but, thank you for tuning in. We are excited to see you in the coming weeks. Yes. Bye now. Thank you.